Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. You know, and I think we can credit the BC General Employees Union for putting this on the radar screen because you may remember during their bargaining and all their advertisements, the BCGEU said, you know, the politicians have given themselves a COLA clause, so why can't we have one? <clears throat> and uh, the GEU is right. BC's politicians' pay increase is tied to the Consumer Price Index. And with the Consumer Price Index breaking records we haven't seen, what, 30 years, uh, BC's politicians would be headed for a pretty big increase next year unless somebody does something about it. Okay, this was what's so fascinating about this, though, is we always, you know, learn about Mike Farnworth being the cleanup guy. Yeah. He really was doing it again yesterday. <laughs> this is so funny in a way. Okay, so the liberals go, you know, the the job of the opposition is try to get ahead of the government on stuff. So we know, as I said, that BC politicians, the MLA pay, the base pay for MLAs, is driven by the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, and so you know. It would appear from that that they could be in line for an increase next year is because it's based on the right. previous year's CPI. They could be an increase of what ten um, percent, uh, maybe, uh, which would be like eleven thousand dollars. So the Liberals announced they're going to bring in a piece of legislation that will deny any increase, basically freeze MLA pay. The government is kind of exasperated by this. Uh, first of all, Finance Minister Selena Robinson gets up and says, you know, how dare the Liberals pretend to be on the side of the public on issues of affordability? So we get a round of posturing on that. But yeah, then the janitor right. gets up. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Farnworth, he's been there. He's seen it all. He knows what the opposition does. He knows what the government does. He's been on both sides of the House. And he, and he points across the floor at the opposition leader, Kevin Falcon. And he says... You know how this works. You know exactly how MLA pay increases are handled. And he says, you know that because we were both here when this system was put in place. Farnworth was in opposition back in 2007, and Falcon was in government. And the system is that every March... BC Stats comes up with the number for what the cost of living increased in BC the year before, and they hand it to the Legislative Assembly Management Committee, which is an all-party committee that manages the business of the House, and the committee decides whether MLAs will get the pay increase. So all the Liberals are doing is getting ahead of that whole process. And, and Farnworth goes, you know that's how it's done. It's it's interesting to see him do this, Simi, because he had a scrum with reporters outside in the hallway. <clears throat> and he wasn't really indignant. He just acknowledged that, yeah, well, this is the way politics works. This is what the opposition does. And, you know, that's why we're standing here talking about this. 
But we're left with a pretty strong impression that that pay increase is not going to happen. Well, no, because they didn't have one last It was frozen last year, right? They yeah. didn't get anything well, last year. Well, actually, no. So that was one of the things farmers pointed out. Some years, the committee decides yes, and some years, the committee decides no. So two years ago, 2021, uh, or a year ago, 2021, looking back at pandemic year, MLA pay was frozen. They right. didn't get the increase. But this year, so... March of this year, um, looking back at last year, the pay increase was approved. It was 2.8% because the pay the, last year's CPI was running at about 2.8% for BC. So, you know, essentially that committee is going to meet in March 2023 and say the pay increase kicks in on the April the 1st every year. There's no way they're going to approve that. Exactly. The Greens have already agreed exactly. with the Liberals. So, this is not happening. So that's just political theater yeah, yesterday. Just it was just theater. posturing. It does make a point. Right. I think the public doesn't much care how the increase is approved. There is no way the B.C. public would stand for our politicians giving themselves 10% or, or 7% or whatever no. the hell the number is next March. So in that sense, uh, you know, the job of the opposition is to get ahead of the government. And Farmer's kind of acknowledged all that when he was talking to reporters. As I said, he's been here. He's seen it all. And he has a good enough sense of humor not, not to not to deny the sort of hysterics that sometimes take place in the place and the theater that, well, in a way makes a point for the larger BC public. That kind of institutional memory, though, is so important, right? Just for a little perspective on that. Yeah, no, it is. And, and you know, the other thing about why they do it this way in the legislature was time was when the the politicians would just vote themselves an increase and see if they could get away with it. And then we got into a system of having an independent commission make recommendations. But the independent commission didn't have to take the political heat for the increases. So the independent commissions sometimes, you know, recommend said politicians are underpaid and recommended more and there'd be controversy over that. So finally, out of exasperation, way back in as I said, 2007, the parties all kind of agreed among themselves, Simi, that why don't we just tie it to the CPI, the way they do judges' salaries, the way they do in Ottawa. Well, of course, they did that when inflation was, you know, barely a rounding error, right? It was running up 1% or 2%, and it wasn't a big deal. But now we've plunged into an era when, you know, you're bracing yourselves when you go to the gas station or into the grocery store to see how much prices have gone up since the last time you were there. And suddenly the public is going to go, wait a minute, why the hell are they giving themselves 7 or 8 or 9% over there in Victoria when, you know, I'm not getting more to, to meet my right. grocery bills or my gasoline prices? All right. So interesting. I love that you could put that all into perspective for us. Also, we should talk about the health minister, Adrian Dix. He doesn't get to do this very often, but he did take a bit of a victory lap. Yeah. So way back in June, the health ministry announced an incentive package to persuade graduates from medical schools this year to take up family practice. It sounded generous at the outset, almost $300,000 a year, signing bonus of $25,000 and massive forgiveness of uh, loans. Uh, If you went through and got your medical degree and borrowed money, you'd get some of that back. So 
Initially, and we talked about this back then, uh, Dix had to admit there were no takers among medical school graduates. Well, this week he came out and said, actually, uh, after some negotiation and uh, a bit of lobbying and so forth from the government, uh, we've now had 54 takers. So 54 newly graduated doctors have signed these new incentive contracts. And and that's news, and it's good news, too, if it increases the supply of family doctors. The announcement was Wednesday, Simi, and I've been following this one on social media, and I see some questions coming forward from doctors in the know that this news may not be as dramatic as hmm. Dix framed it. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll give you, uh, this is Rita McCracken, who's a family physician in Vancouver and an assistant professor at uh, family practice at UBC, and, and she says, so there's some questions here. The 54 people that signed on, were they actually new family doctors, or had they been already working in the system, and they just agreed to get paid in a different way? So they were in practice or going into practice, and they just decided to do the fee for, uh, instead of fee-for-service, right. they decided to go to salary. Uh, the other question she asks is, is this... Like, is this really a net figure? Does it even offset all of the doctors that are giving up family practice? So, um, and I see uh, Kevin McLeod, and I know you've had him on. He's that Mm -hmm. internal medicine specialist on the North Store. He says, a more honest press release would have said 54 out of the 174 doctors who graduated this year chose a salary model instead of fee-for-service. And hopefully that leads them into family practice, but... We are just trying new models for family practice. We don't know how many this will actually add. So, you know, I think there will probably be questions about this when the legislature resumes. Uh, It wouldn't be the first time that the health ministry put too rosy a casting on an announcement. Clearly, the offer had more takers than they did back in July, but I don't think we know yet how much this will actually add to the ranks of family doctors. Right. That question about what is the net value of this. Avon, thank you. Yep. Bye-bye, Simi.